Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host Scotty Wrestling, and we have a very special episode this week as we are going to strictly review WrestleMania 37, the two night event that saw WWE return to having a live crowd at Raymond James Stadium. And let's just start off by saying they absolutely delivered. The talent was on top of their game. The matches were spectacular. This was, in every sense of the word, the perfect event by WWE. The past year has been tough for them. Uh, a lot of the writing, a lot of the storylines, even you know, as recently as this past week, haven't been great going into this event. But That didn't stop the wrestlers from going out there and having the shows of their lives, ladies and gentlemen. It felt special. It felt like WrestleMania. Everything felt right. And, you know, the next time fans are back in attendance, it'll be that much better. But it felt exactly what you would expect. The crowd was live both nights. They were riled up. And even with the rain delay on night one, they came out swinging. So let's jump in. To this WrestleMania 37 review, starting off with night one. So, as I said, night one started off with a rain delay. Yeah, uh, the problem with having an event in Florida is that it's going to rain, more than likely. That's just the way it goes, you know, down there. And that's exactly what happened. It rained, uh, it took them about 45 minutes to get into the show. However, it actually led to, I think, hyping up the show that much more. Uh, they were forced to do interviews with the talent. And rather than feeling like they were scrambling, this led to some unscripted promos that really helped hype up the night. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley had an epic stare down right before their match. That kind of echoed what they used to do at WrestleMania before matches when they had the wrestlers interview at, right before they were walking out there. It felt special. It felt important. Seth Rollins cut a great promo as well, getting excited for his match. There was just a lot that went really well in this. And it's a credit to the wrestlers for stepping up, stepping in. Kevin Owens cut a fantastic promo. He wasn't even wrestling 
on night one, but he was there to deliver. And I think that set the tone for an incredible night one of WrestleMania. The better night, in my opinion, was WrestleMania night one. But they were both fantastic nights. So, as I said, the opening match of WrestleMania 37 was for the WWE Championship as Drew McIntyre was the first man to have his entrance in front of the live crowd. The crowd erupted. He brought it in. You could see the emotion in his face. It was a pure moment. And then Bobby Lashley came down as the almighty WWE Champion. And these two did exactly what I expected them to do and went to war. They went to war. These two held nothing back. They put on one of the better matches of the entire event. You know, there was never a time, at least I felt, that these two slowed down. It was all action from start to go. And as a WrestleMania opener, that's what you want. It's going to go down as one of the better WrestleMania openers, I think, too. They gave him about 15 minutes or so, and it was just really good action. It was really good action. Uh, Lashley ended up winning via Hurt Lock, which was a real stunner because as much as I wanted Lashley to win, when I felt that crowd, when I felt how big this of a moment this was for the baby face like Drew, I thought, yeah, there's definitely a good chance that at least one baby face walks out, especially on the first match of the show. But no, they held to their guns, and God bless them for doing that. Bobby Lashley made... Drew McIntyre go to sleep via Hurt Lock to win the match and continue his run as the WWE Champion. And really, as a fan, that's all you got to be happy about because Lashley deserves a spot. He does. And McIntyre didn't need to be champion again. He didn't. I don't think he did. I think, you know, saying he did is, I don't know. I think it's wrong. He is, he's been so good. He's been so good for them over the past year. But I think it's going to be interesting to see where he goes without the title. We haven't seen him without the title in a very long time, in over a year. Or really, over a year and a half almost, because he's been chasing the title since the Royal Rumble of last year. And hasn't moved from that really at all. I mean, he had the one match with Sheamus at Fastlane, but he had the WWE title on his mind. So... You know, I think that's where my mindset was. This match was, again, really good. I gave it three and three-quarter stars. It was a great opener and one for anyone to check out. It was a special night. It was a really special night. Let's just say that. Next up was the Tag Team Turmoil match to decide the number one contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. This match was not very good. Um, It was a little... And it's really tough to do one of these types of matches on a WrestleMania card because you know it's not going to be long. You know it's going to be 10 minutes. And let's be honest here, there weren't that many strong in-ring wrestlers during this match. Uh, You know, it almost feels like Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan had the best showing by far. And after that, I guess, like, Carmella looked pretty good. Naomi looked pretty good in-ring-wise. Uh, but it just wasn't, it didn't 
feel right. It didn't connect. And it was just a fine match. But ultimately, in the end, Natalia and Tamina won, which was kind of the way they've been teasing for weeks. Tamina got her WrestleMania moment first time in her entire career. So that was, you know, that was kind of cool. I'm not a Tamina fan by any means. I'm not a Natalia fan. But it's always cool to see these workers that have been there for so long get their moment. Tamina's been there for over a decade, and this was her first moment. So that was pretty cool. Next up was Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins debuted with a new theme song that kind of felt like the Messiah music and the uh Burn It Down, Second Coming, whatever they want to call it, music combined. And it was, I thought it was great. And Rollins was on the top of his game, and so was Cesaro. This was a big moment for Cesaro. His first singles match at WrestleMania. Ever. And he was fighting one of the top stars in the company. No matter what you say, no matter how you feel about Seth Rollins. He's one of the top stars in WWE. And that night, night one, this felt like old school Seth Rollins. It felt like he went back in time before his injury that, you know, really changed the way he had to wrestle because, you know, that was just a big injury. And it felt like these two were just at the top of their game. Seth Rollins and Cesaro built an incredible story um, just based on the swing itself. And I thought... They were always going to deliver, and to me, they delivered the third best match of the entire weekend uh, in an absolute incredible fight. There was a moment where Seth was going for the curb stomp, and he got caught, pushed up into a very European uppercut, and that allowed Cesaro to hit the swing for about 23 times after the UFO spin and hit the neutralizer for a second time to win the match. This match was, again, spectacular. I gave four stars. It was everything you wanted in a match like this because there was no title on the line. And when there's no title on the line, the best they can do is just go out there and deliver because the story, I thought, was worthy of a WrestleMania. They built it for two months. This was Seth Rollins' real big feud since returning. And I thought, you know, 100% delivered. And I'm intrigued to see where they go after this because Cesaro very well could be next in line for a universal title match. Or at least that's what I would do with him. You know, I don't need him to beat Roman, but I think that'd be a great match. And Rollins, you know, Rollins is an interesting case. I guess we'll see this week. The Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line as the New Day. Defended against AJ Styles and Omis. You know, this match was always about Omos. Omos? Omas? Omas. That's what this match was about. Could the New Day keep him from getting tagged in? And when he does get tagged in, what will he do? Well, he got tagged in and he destroyed them. He looked like a shining star. And that's really what this, uh, like I said was the goal of this match. No doubt in my mind, that was the goal of this match. Having almost looked like this absolute stud. And he pinned Kofi Kingston. Two years ago, Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship at this exact show. That's a big moment. Uh, he looked like an absolute monster. 
and AJ Styles became Grand Slam champion, so it worked out all around for them. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, not a great match by any means, and it was kind of expected because the story also wasn't great. So it was hard to get into this. Uh, Braun Strowman, of course, won. The cool spot, per se, was when Braun Strowman ripped the part of the cage open to pull Shane in. And then he tossed him from the top of the cage down to the ground, hit him with a power slam, won the match. This, to me, didn't do much for Braun Strowman. If anything, it hurt him. And I just wonder, what's their goal with him? Is he just their new big show? Because that's sure what he feels like. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. This match, for some, wasn't one that people were excited about, which is fine. But to me, I thought it could surprise. And that's what it did. Bad Bunny might have had the greatest uh, celebrity appearance of all time. He worked most of, if not all, the match. He was the man to get beaten down. It was him that got the hot tag to Damian Priest. Not Bad Bunny going crazy. Bad Bunny hit a head scissors, a spinning head scissors. He hit a falcon arrow. He hit a goddamn Canadian destroyer on the outside of the ring to John Morrison. What you can appreciate about Bad Bunny is that he loves this. And that's why he was here. He put everything, everything into this match. This is a worldwide star who put everything down to put on a show with WWE. And of course, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest won on a uh, doomsday device type looking move. Bad Bunny got the pin on The Miz, the last person before Bobby Lashley to hold the WWE Championship, may I add. And it was just it was just an absolute shining moment for Bad Bunny. He earned it. He absolutely earned it. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for what he did. Because this was his spot. And finally, the main event of the evening. The last time I recorded, it was not made official until the next day. That Sasha Banks would defend the SmackDown Women's Championship in the main event of night one against Bianca Belair. The emotions were running high for them, the fans, me. It was it was a special moment. No matter how good the match was, it was a special historic moment. You saw how much this meant to so many people if you're on Twitter, and that's what made this so great. It was a moment in history that helps change the future, that helps inspire the future. This was black history. 
and it was simply phenomenal. The match kicked off. As soon as the bell rang, you could see tears on Bianca Belair's face. You could see Sasha Banks doing everything in her power to try and hold it back. They they relished in the moment. They let the fans take control. They appreciated, and I feel like Sasha Banks has a lot of these moments, and deservingly so. Once the match got underway, these two did not miss. This was the match of the weekend, of the entire week when it comes to WWE. What Sasha Banks did was tell this story with Bianca that made you feel something. It made you feel something But it also ended up being a fantastic wrestling match. This was the greatest match in Bianca Belair's career. Without a doubt. This is the WWE match of the year and I don't think it's going to change. Belair and Banks put it all on the line. Acted like there was no tomorrow. And had one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. The best women's match in WrestleMania history. The closing sequence was phenomenal. Where Belair attempted to get the KOD on three times. It was the third time that she finally hit it. And the 1-2-3 was hit. Bianca Belair became SmackDown Women's Champion. And this was Bianca's moment. But this was Bianca's moment just as much as it was Sasha's moment. Sasha worked her tail off to get this WrestleMania main event. Think about where we were two years ago. The first ever women's main event in WrestleMania history. The same night that people said Sasha Banks and Bayley threw a tantrum. Sasha Banks left immediately, not immediately, but she was gone for months. And we heard it on the Stone Cold Podcast. She asked Vince McMahon to leave. Instead of leaving, she rebuilt herself. She built herself up to be greater. To be the best. When they when they run through her nicknames of the boss, the blueprint, the conversation, yada, yada, yada. That is everything she is. She earned this spot. She put in the work. And now she got to enjoy it. There's a video that went around of Sasha smiling. Trying her best not to smile when Bianca was celebrating. Because she knew how big of a moment this was. And the win for Bianca, absolutely beautiful. Belair's always been someone that people thought you know could be a star. Could main event a WrestleMania someday. And that's what she did. The late Casey of Squared Circle Sirens, I remember I asked a question when he was doing a Q&A once. Um, had to be two years ago almost now. Um, I asked him, what NXT star do you think could main event 
WrestleMania someday, and he said Bianca. He he knew it. He knew it, and I I couldn't help but think of that when it finally happened. She had this big moment, but what a first night! What a first match for Belair, and I'm pretty confident in saying this. Sasha Banks will not only make history as a competitor, but I'm very certain she will go down as not only the best in-ring competitor, women's competitor in WWE history, she will have the most WrestleMania main events for any woman in history. She's earned that possibility. And that's just that's just how world-class she is. Now let's get to night two. Night two was a big night as well. Um, it kicked off with The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss revealed the new rehabilitated Fiend who you know looked more like his old self um, via Jack in the Box. The match wasn't very good, but Randy Orton had cool gear, so you take what you can get, I guess. Uh, at one point during the match, Bliss revealed herself to be this newer, developed character where she was like this dark princess of some sort, and the Fiend entered a trance. Then the Fiend was turned around, hit with an RKO, and the match was over. Randy Orton wins. Alexa Bliss screws over the Fiend. And we're left without answers. So, that's cool. You know, the lights went dark. We, the fans, you know, probably expected something. They were into the Alexa Bliss reveal. And they were just gone. So, a new cog in the Fiend system. Uh, Randy Orton should be free of the Wyatt Fiend stuff now, which is really the biggest blessing for all. Really. For all. Including, you know, the fans especially. Again, not a great match. Uh, second up with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match as Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defended against Natalia and Tamina. Uh, not much to write home about in this match. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler walked out as the winners. Not that that should shock anyone. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn with Logan Paul in the corner of Sami Zayn. This match was exactly what you would hope for out of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, it's not going to be the greatest match in the history of these two. They've had hundreds. But on the grandest stage, it felt like Sami Zayn left the great liberator character behind for a while and returned to the Sami Zayn that everyone has fallen in love with over the years. This match was very good. It was very good. It really kicked off the better part of the night after those first two matches. Um, Kevin Owens won with a stunner, then stunned Logan Paul after the match, and Logan Paul actually sold it pretty well. So I guess that's the plus of having Logan Paul there is that he sold a stunner well. But again, a great match between these two. Thankfully, Logan Paul didn't get involved in the actual match. And they were able to tell a 
great, great story in their match. The United States Championship was on the line as Riddle defended his title against Sheamus. Sheamus has been a workhorse since returning from injury. Absolute workhorse. And the good part was that Sheamus walked out as the winner. And the closing of this match was spectacular. Riddle jumps onto the rope for a springboard moonsault and is met with a bro kick, reminiscent of Adam Cole versus Ricochet from NXT once upon a time when Ricochet went for a springboard moonsault and was met with a super kick. Sorry, I'm really sorry I did that. I had to do it though. Just it was just it just happened. It just happened. Uh, this was the second best match of the night in my opinion. Um, but it really got pretty consistent from here, and this was um, this was really good. The Intercontinental Championship was on the line as Big E defended against Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight. If you've been listening to my podcast in the past couple of weeks, you understand that I thought this was the perfect spot for Big E versus Apollo. They earned it. They earned the spot. And these two, you know, brawled. As much as they could, I do wish this match actually got some more time. Um, I didn't have that problem with a lot of matches, but I felt this one definitely deserved more time to tell a story. It just, it, it never got to the point where I could say it was a great match. It was a good match, but it just never was able to get too great. The closing of the match came when Big E hit a big ending. On Apollo Crews. It looked like he was going to successfully defend his title once again. But the former Daba Kato. Or Baba Tunde. Whatever you prefer. Reappeared. Attacked Big E. Laid him out. With a. Looked like a Samoan spike. You know. Reminiscent of Umaga. And. Left him down and out. He was done. He was done. Apollo Crews wins the Intercontinental Championship. And I always felt Apollo was probably going to get some sort of heavy for himself. And I think this is a good fit. I think this could be a potential good fit. I don't know what's next for Big E, but this was another instance where they managed to protect him from a clean loss. And I'm intrigued to see if they move him right up or if he does one more match with Apollo. I'm guessing that probably... Um, and who probably helps him? I, I'm going to assume he's going to need some help. But either way, it was a fine match. Um, and that's that. In the co-main event of the evening, the Raw Women's Championship was on the line as Asuka defended against Rhea Ripley. These two... Had a very good match. And I think the scariest move was the DDT from the apron to the floor that Asuka hit on Ripley. I was like, aha. Uh-huh. I cringed. I definitely cringed. I was um, stunned. But these two brought it. And it was nice to see Asuka get her title match on the card. It was. Um, because... We've seen in years past her get it taken right away from right before the show. 
So this was really cool to see for Asuka. Uh, Rhea Ripley did win the championship. She hit the Riptide for the win. Meaning. She and Bianca Belair are the future of this division. They, you know, they were called for a long time the future of the WWE Women's Division, but they they pushed that new era of this division forward in two nights. And I'm very excited to see what they can do now that they, you know, they're no longer with NXT. They're on top of the world, ladies and gentlemen. They deserve this spot, and I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing where this goes. This is also the first time that the... Four horsewomen don't hold a title. No titles are being held by any of them. We'll see where this goes, but you know that probably won't last too long. (laughs) It just won't. Moving on to the main event of the evening, one of the more highly anticipated matches as Roman Reigns, the champion, the universal champion, the tribal chief, your tribal chief, the head of the table, acknowledge him, all that stuff. Defends against the Royal Rumble winner, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. The story getting up to the show was magnificent. And I only expected the match to be that much greater. And it was. This match was simply fantastic. Everyone got their stuff in to the point where there were moments in each match you thought they were going to win. But perhaps the closing was the best part overall. Edge has both Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns down. He grabs chairs for both of them. Sets them up for potential concertos. He smashes Daniel Bryan's skull between two chairs. Daniel Bryan's gone. Done and out. You know he's done for the rest of the match. Concerto's just one of those things. It always happens like that. Always has, always will. And as Edge attempts to do it to Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, who was taken out earlier in the match, returns to stop Edge long enough for Roman Reigns to get his composure. Edge takes out Uso with a massive spear. And by the time he turns, he's getting hit with a massive spear by Reigns. And Reigns holds nothing back, hits the concerto on Edge, puts Edge over Daniel Bryan, pins both men in one of the more iconic images in WrestleMania history. It will go down as... And the Tribal Chief walked out as the winner, as the gold standard, as the head of the table still after WrestleMania. This was the Roman Reigns moment that he needed at WrestleMania. I feel like in the past, so much of them have been forced, so much of them haven't felt authentic. This was authentic. This was natural. This was right. The right man won. Roman Reigns should not be losing that title. He is telling beautiful stories Rivalry after rivalry after rivalry, match after match after match. 
This was the right decision, and it was the perfect way to cap off WrestleMania 37. That was a four and a quarter stars match. It was a fantastic bout between the two, and I can't applaud enough how great they all were. Please, anyone, go out of your way and check out this show. Check out the good stuff from what I said. WWE put a full foot forward. This felt like a real WrestleMania, maybe the best in years. Maybe the best in almost a decade. That's how good this show was from top to bottom both nights. The two-night aspect works very well. I don't think they should go away from it. I really don't. And it was nice to have fans back. It was nice to have all this. I love... I love, love, love all the praise I saw on Twitter from people that don't watch WWE because you don't need to like WWE but appreciate the wrestlers and what they're doing and what they're trying to tell here. They told some beautiful stories on the show. And overall, it was a perfect A, a fantastic A of a show. And now we reset for the new year of WWE. I will be back later this week to talk the Raw After Mania show NXT on a Tuesday night, the first time, and AEW. So, oh, and Stardom Cinderella. So, you know, make sure you check that out. I appreciate all the support. Uh, you can follow me at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter. And otherwise, have a good one, everybody. また美学でしょう夢見